Welcome to this week's episode of the Free on Free Overtime. It's a double bumper episode. First, we are joined by Spencer Nass, and then later on, we are joined by Dryden Dow. So let's get to it. Joining us now for Free on Free Overtime edition is Dundee Stars forward Spencer Nass. Spencer, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. So we just want to talk about your career and how you eventually ended up in Dundee. And I was looking at your, your high school career. Um, playing in Minnesota. Minnesota's bigger than Great Britain as a whole. You play. How far are you traveling to play games when you're playing against the other teams? Uh, it's interesting you asked that because I was just talking to uh, my mom about that the other day when comparing some of the travel that we do here in the Elite League uh, with a you know ten hour bus ride sometimes to you know high school when I think I traveled maybe at most like forty five minutes to an hour for for any game. So Minnesota high school hockey is a huge deal. Pretty much every, every town has, has its own team. Um, so you really don't have to travel very far. And uh, I look back very fondly on those years for sure. Those are some of my, my favorite years of hockey. Yeah. I mean, it looked like a, it was a minefield when I was looking into it. And I noticed that year over the whole, uh, the high schools in Minnesota, Kobe Roth, actually yeah led scoring and then he's he's ended up in Coventry and that's going to be a pattern that I've seen throughout your career that I think you know much a lot of people in this league and then high school finishes and you end up in University of Connecticut that's not round the corner 20 hours on the bus there isn't it and why yeah. did you, why did you end up there um interesting story actually the coach from uh UConn came to watch um some players on the other team actually and uh Ended up noticing myself and um, one of my really good friends. And so recruited us almost on accident. Um, uh, My friend and I took our visit together and we ended up being roommates uh, at UConn uh, as they transitioned to Hockey East, which was a big deal for us to get a chance to play against Boston College, Boston University, all those great teams. So I think it was really just the opportunity to go with, you know, my best friend into a hockey school uh, not have to play juniors, which is pretty common now in the United States. Um, and uh, just that opportunity to go straight into school, I thought was one that we couldn't pass up. And uh, it ended up being a, a great experience there as well. Yeah, I mean, the NCAA Division One. It's not it's not a walk in the park. And it, as you said, there were some top colleges in in the uh, division you were in. You, ro- you ran about 500 the, the whole time you were there. Um, and a couple of players that played, you played with Sean Pauley. <laughs> Who played yep. in coverage plays and Miles Gendron, who's at mm-hmm. uh, Belfast this year. What's the pressure like playing at NCAA? Can you enjoy it as long when you're doing it with the your your, your work as well? Because you need to be getting the grades. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that um, pressure from that standpoint is is probably um, what's most intense. It's it's the ability to handle the hockey which we obviously treat as a job even in college I mean you're not you're not getting paid to play but I knew that I wanted to pursue hockey after college so it was something that I was taking very seriously but you also need to maintain your work off the ice in school um, and everything that goes about being a 18 19 year old college kid too so 
I think that was the biggest challenge and the time management that goes along with that and having to juggle the school and the hockey and the social life. I think a lot of guys are forced to grow up quite a bit in those years. And I thought not only from a hockey perspective, I grew a lot, but also as a person coming in, uh, you know, as a, as a 19 year old that had never lived away from home and then leaving uh, at 22 and, and being ready to step into pro hockey too. Yeah. Something I mean, I mean, college we don't have the colleges over here we have with football we probably have the the academies but i don't think it's that regimented doing your your schooling as well as it is over there one player that you did play with for two years who's now in the nhl tage thompson uh talk to him about playing with him because he he looks like he's gonna have a very good career yeah yeah it's been amazing to watch what he's done uh obviously a super highly touted player right when he came into college he was one of the youngest players in college hockey that, that first year. And I think he would say himself, like, had to, one, get get stronger. He was, he was tall, but he, he had to fill into his frame a little bit. And also still, you know, kind of fine-tune his game. And I think when he came back that second year was when we all kind of saw a pretty big jump in his game and his maturity. And uh, he's just been able to, to continue to build off of that. It's been super impressive. He's, he's a very hard worker. Maybe not everyone, you know, sees that stuff behind the scenes, but he works hard, obviously super talented and uh, been pretty cool to to follow him in the NHL and see the success he's had. Yeah, must be, must be. End of college in March, you, you end up going and playing a stint in the AHL. How did that come about? Yeah, it was, uh, I look back at that time, it was, it was a really interesting time in my life just because, you know, you're, your college career wraps up and it's a, it's the end of a chapter of four years that um, it's, it's emotional and and it's disappointing when, when that comes to an end. And, you know, only a week or two later, I had the opportunity to come up in Cleveland and you kind of need to flip a switch and all of a sudden you're starting this next phase of your life. And it's, and it's something that you've always dreamed about, you know, it was a goal of mine to play professional hockey when I was a little kid. And I still remember, uh, giving the phone call to my dad to tell him that, that I was going to be signing. And then I remember my first game and my parents coming to watch and uh, it's just like a really hectic time. And then that was a few weeks later, uh, all of a sudden we're back on campus and we're graduating from, from college. And so it it was just a lot going on, but uh, super fun. And I I look back at it very positively and it was a, a great introduction to pro hockey. What did you learn about yourself in those, that short stint in the game? going from college to the AHL because I know a lot of people have a, a couple of games in the coast to bed themselves mm-hmm. in, but that's uh, to go straight into the AHL. How was, how did yeah. you find that? Yeah. I, I, I entered that uh, stint with Cleveland coming off of probably some of the best hockey I had maybe ever played for sure. In college, I, I, I finished that season really well. and Our team finished that season really well. So I knew that I was playing well and, uh, you know, we didn't have much time off, like I mentioned, in between the end of that season and the start of Cleveland. So, um, you know, I just kind of tried to ride that momentum. And I stepped into a situation in Cleveland where they just allowed me to play and not not think too much. I got a good opportunity to play, and I was grateful for that. And I was kind of just feel – I felt like I was playing with house money a little bit at that point. Just, you know, whatever happens, happens. I was I was satisfied, you know, not, not satisfied in the sense that I had – reached where I wanted to and I didn't feel like I needed to keep going. I, I certainly wanted to push for more, but 
I just was, was overall satisfied with where I was at and uh, um, just kind of felt like I was able to make the most of that opportunity because I was just at peace with, with everything and just playing my game. And uh, like I said, I was riding some confidence going in, which helped. And then that summer going into next season, what happens in the summer? Because you're, you're a free agent. It's technically your first year pro. You split your time between the coast and the AHL. Did you originally go in at the coast and then get called up uh, to Texas or was it the other way around? How did that work? Yeah, I uh, there, there just wasn't an opportunity to return um, with Cleveland, which which was upsetting at the time. Um, and so I ended up signing a American League deal with Texas. And, uh, you know, just based on the numbers and all that and their organization with Dallas and everything, that was kind of an introduction into how that, that stuff works with contracts and everything like that. And ended up having to start in, in Idaho in the ECHL. And that was an interesting uh, time for me because, like I said, it was kind of a, a look into how pro hockey can work a lot of times and going back and forth and um, living in a hotel and kind of going in and out of the lineup and only playing a few minutes here and there when I did play. So that was uh, definitely a different different experience than I had the previous spring. But um, as you look back, all that stuff is – is good for, for learning. Right. And certainly did learn a lot in, in, in that year. And, uh, um, yeah, it was some good and some bad, but, but definitely a learning experience. Yeah. The, the more players we speak to, the, the pressures are really there. It's a, it probably can be quite a, a lonely time, especially when you're having to pack a bag and just go around. So it is a, a test of character. We're, we're learning that as we speak to more and more players. Um, the elite league players that you played with that year, Stephen McParland, Reed, Reed Petrick, Brady Norrish, uh, Algon Piers, a former Dundee guy. The 1920 season was coast, um, and then you split your time and then ended up in Kalamazoo. How did you feel that year went for you? That was an interesting year because I, um, I think before that year, I had gone uh, nine straight seasons without missing a game due to injury. Um, and all of a sudden that year I had a couple that I dealt with and that was challenging for me, um, to kind of come back from those and, and, uh, deal with that for sort of the first time in my career and ended up getting, you know, kind of a, a fresh start in, in Kalamazoo towards the end there. And then boom, two weeks later, uh, COVID hits, which obviously, you know, rocked everyone around the world and in their own ways. So, that was uh, an interesting time in life for sure as, for me as well. And, you know, after that, you know, I, I don't think anyone really knew what was going to happen. And I, I certainly didn't know where I would end up uh, and, and, you know, kind of led to uh, interesting, you know, time in, in my career, I think for everyone too. I, I mean, I know a lot of people that had ended their careers, unfortunately. So um, definitely a, a weird one to look back on. Yeah. I mean, there was quite a few players that probably weren't ready in our league to retire but we we didn't play at all that season yeah. and with the interesting times sweden was the destination uh tranas if i butchered that i apologize and it's funny the all the imports that were in that 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 team that year are now in the elite league bush crocock and yourself talk to us about sweden and could you enjoy it what were the restrictions like that year with covid and how, how yeah that that, that that was probably the oddest year of, of hockey i've ever had uh I remember obviously getting done in March um, in Kalamazoo when everything shut down and I didn't go to Sweden until after Christmas. So I had, you know, I think it was almost 10 months uh, without having played a game. And I remember just sitting around uh, at home in Minnesota in December uh, 
kind of just, you know, itching to, to do anything and, and hoping something would come up, whether it was in, in the ECHL or, or overseas. And I kind of just wanted to get out of my house at that point and, and go do something. Um, so the opportunity came up in Sweden and I went uh, with Tyler and, and Mike, like you said, and was really uh, fortunate to have them with me there. And that, that, that was uh, great to be able to kind of go through that together. As far as restrictions in Sweden, it was much different. I mean, I think they were allowed uh, eight fans, and that's not um, a mistake. That eight eight fans was, was what was allowed. I don't know how they came up with that number, but um, I, you know, I remember um, that just being super odd and playing in front of you know no fans and in rinks you you didn't know and towns you didn't know against players you didn't know, and um, it it just all seemed really odd joining a team that late in the season too. I was, they were, they were all great. The teammates were great welcoming me and very friendly, but uh, that was, that was a unique, uh, a unique experience for sure. And, you know, I think we were all pretty excited to get that behind us and try to get some fans back in the buildings and restore some normalcy to, to everything after that. Would you say you enjoyed that season or did you find it a bit of a chore because it's still earlier on in your career. It could have set you back a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if enjoy is the word I would use. Uh, uh, I mean, lo- looking back, I, I mean, I definitely learned a good amount um, and probably did use it as a bit of a turning point in, in my career and, and probably have in a positive way. But uh, going through the, through it at the time, you know, I wouldn't say it was particularly enjoyable. Um, just, uh, again, a difficult time for, I think, everyone. Um, and I, I actually, you know, in one, on one hand, can be grateful that I made it made it out of there, you know, still playing hockey and, and still having the opportunity to play. Because, like I mentioned, some people didn't. Yeah. 21-22, uh, League Magnus, Amion, uh, a, a, a team that's very well known to the Elite League with the Continental Cup. But he actually played in the Continental Cup that year. How did you find France? I really enjoyed my time in France. Um I ended up there partly uh, because of Elgin Pierce, who um, you mentioned earlier, my relationship with him from Idaho, and he was signed there and thought, you know, it could be a good opportunity for both of us to go. Uh, So I went there, and um, I think the whole experience of of going to Europe and now this time things being open and and fans being, you know, allowed to go to the games and uh, just really um, felt like I grew quite a bit as a person and a player during that you know, six, seven months, whatever it was, and kind of left, uh, left there in a much better place, I thought, than, than when I entered. And um, that's what you're really looking to get out of, uh, you know, an experience like that. So I was, I was very, you know, pleased with how that year ended. And um, we had a good group of guys there and I uh, got to see a lot of Europe and explore that part. And also, you know, left feeling, feeling good about, about my game and, you know, where my career was at there at that point. So, um, you know, overall, very good experience there. Yeah, I think when we look at the leagues and compare them, if a player does well in France, we kind of know that they could probably suit this game. And you then end up back in the coast. Uh, Savannah, the first year in the coast. And it's a bit wild, that one. I'm looking at the, the team and they use 64 outfield players. Do you want to get six different goalies? Um, the arena looks amazing. Um, it's a struggled year. It's the first year. I think you, you finished bottom of your division. Crazy, crazy year by looking from the outside in. 
Definitely. Yeah. I think um, I always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to return to the United States for one more season, at least Um, just because of COVID and everything that happened. I felt like I ended up in Europe a little bit earlier than I had initially planned. Uh, Savannah was a place I had on my mind the second they announced that team um, as a expansion team, just because I thought the opportunity was super cool to live in a new part of the country that I, that I hadn't lived in in the United States um, and to be part of a new team. And I could, you know, from what I had heard, the energy around the team was just immense and, and they had already sold you know, all the season tickets before the season started and everything like that. So to go in, uh, get an opportunity to, to be a, one of the captains there in a, in a first year team. And like you said, you know, some of the stuff we couldn't have foreseen, like 70 players playing for your team. I, I mean, that that's outrageous. I've never heard of that before. Um, so a lot of players coming and going. And with that, a lot of learning experiences, but stuff that I'm very grateful for. And I'll never forget, you know, those first home games and, and the energy that, that, you know, that building had. I, I think it's pretty much unmatched in the ECHL for sure. So, uh, you know, definitely some some good stuff there. Just one more for me from before David comes in. You actually got to play with Brock Trotter who had signed in Coventry and didn't turn up so um, it was good to see that he he continued to play but he seemed a guy that had experience and could play I, I don't know what happened there yeah no uh, Brock Brock was with us for a couple weeks and you know I think he was kind of trying to figure out uh, you know what he wanted to do as well and um, I really enjoyed uh, my time with him in the in the few weeks that I spent with him he obviously has a ton of experience and yeah. he's played in the NHL and all around the world and just, uh, you know, enjoyed getting to know him. So we've mentioned your two years in Europe and you went back to Savannah. Europe again was calling. How did Dundee become that final destination? Um, was any bearing the, the season prior for Dundee? Did it feel like a bit of a chance to have a chance to give him a good season for yourself? What was the kind of the, in essence, how did Dundee become that final destination? Yeah, it was um, an interesting summer. I ended up kind of waiting around uh, longer than I had anticipated. I, I didn't, um, you know, know if I'd be back in the ECHL or if I'd head over to Europe. And it kind of took until uh, mid-August, I think, is when I signed eventually. So it, it was kind of getting down to the end. And um, Mark kind of was familiar with my game uh, from playing – against me in France when he was coaching in Chamonix. So I think there was some familiarity there and, uh, you know, he reached out and at that point, you know, I, I, I was pretty set on, on heading overseas again. And, uh, I just liked what he had to say about his vision for the team. And like you said, the, the year last year wasn't what Dundee wanted and his vision was to, to, you know, bring new players in and to kind of get a fresh start for everyone. And so I think that was exciting for me and, um, I reached out to some friends that I had that had played in Dundee and they had positive things to say. So I, I, uh, thought I'd give it a try and been happy. I've, you know, made that decision. Absolutely. Great. On to the next question about asking anybody that you've played with who has also been at Dundee, but obviously you just add to that question. You've done, you obviously do research and whatnot. Um, have the expectations been met so far of what you've kind of done before you, tr- you came across to Dundee? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, from a personal standpoint, it, it, it is a lot of what I expected coming in. Just like you said, I kind of did my homework. I uh, asked people that had played here, and so I, I wanted to have a feel for what to expect. You, you never 
know for sure whenever you're you know traveling abroad to to live and to play hockey there's always a lot of unknown that goes along with that but I had a good idea of what I was getting into and oh you know what the opportunity might be for myself and how you know talented the team could be based on what I was seeing on the roster so I think you know from from all standpoints there you know things have been about what I expected. Yeah, good stuff. And, and the current roster that you've got, have you crossed paths with any of them, teammates or opponents? Or is it a complete new experience for yourself? It's it's mostly uh, new faces for me. Um, uh, you know, some guys I've been playing against or, or whatnot in, in previous years. The, the one teammate I did have was James Phelan, who I spent some time in Texas in the American League with and uh, did did know him, you know, before I came into the season. So that was nice to have, to have one guy I knew. Um, but... Uh, other than that, no, it was a lot of new faces, but I think the hockey world's so small that everyone had mutual friends and, you know, had played for certain coaches or in certain places that everyone got along pretty well right away. Uh, something that we're also learning that just the amount of people spoke to have I've been on the teammates with that player. It's like, oh, you know, you completely forget these players have played in the elite league over the years. Going on to Dundee this season so far, um, fair to say, a disappointing cup run, but um, great running the league so far. Uh, is there anything you could put you think on in terms of that cup run, or is it just a case of is what it is? It's hard, try not to be too harsh on that, but is, is there any way you could kind of put down to that cup run? Yeah, you know, one thing I, I've thought about is that, uh, you know, we only have one um, returning import from from last year's team, and essentially it's a brand new team. It's it's a it's an entirely new group of guys that have never played together before. And a lot of teams in this league, you know, not not all of them, but some of them have have a kind of nucleus group of guys that that return and you know have have played together and have some chemistry we were starting completely from scratch and I think we had some things to figure out in terms of line combinations and who would play where and kind of what our team identity would be and it just kind of took us you know a little bit longer maybe than some other teams uh and I think maybe we uh, you could look at it you know that we got maybe a little fortunate that 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 stretch kind of coincided with with the cup versus the regular season. Obviously, not that you know you always want the cup's always a goal going into the season. We always want to be successful, but you know we kind of you know got some of those crummy games out of the way in the in the preseason and in the cup, and and then you know once the the regular season started, it kind of felt like we had found our footing a little bit. So um, I think now we're just we're just looking forward. Obviously, the the cup is unfortunate that we're not going to be a part of that. Um, the rest of the season, but nothing we can do about it now. So we're just going to, you know, try to focus on, you know, the task at hand and, and we're happy with how we're progressing. Absolutely. And you certainly found your, your feet in the league. I mean, you look at yourself, Valentini and Dow occupying the top three in the points charts. Is there that, that optimism in the room that this run that you're on so far, it's going to, a lot of legs on it, it's going to go to the distance in terms of that league uh, campaign? Yeah, you you hope so. I think certainly the feeling around the team is much better now than it was a month or so ago. And uh, with that, though, has, has come a lot of hard work, and and it's it's been a commitment from from everyone. And uh, we know it's not just going to continue like that without without putting the work in. So um, we're happy with you know the, the the progress we've made, but I think we also know that we need to continue to work that way. Otherwise, you know, the results won't won't continue. So. This is a tough league. There's there's never an easy game, no matter if you're playing the first place team or the last place team. It's it's all tight, as you can see in the standings. So, um, you know, we really we don't think we have the talent to take a night off. 
maybe a couple other teams do, but I don't, you know, I don't think many teams have the ability in this league uh, to, to not show up for a night and expect to win. So we're going to have to continue to bring our best effort. And we mentioned all the confidence in, in the forwards. Currently, it has to be reassuring to have some real experience and kind of now at the back, especially with the netminder of Kevin Carr. What's it like having him in the lineup and having him as your, your last resort in, in the defensive role? Yeah, it's great to, to not only have a talented goalie, but when you can have a goalie that is a leader in the locker room as well and guys respect. And uh, he really is a, a leader on, on this team. And um, he, he's been huge for us. I mean, he gives us a chance to win every single night, which is what you ask of your goalie. And uh, he sets the tone in practice and the game. So um, can't say enough good things about, about Kevin. And he's a, he's a fan favorite here. No, he's, he was uh was also a fan favorite when he was in Nottingham a couple of years back. Talking about the next few games, and you find yourself staying in Scotland for the next few weeks, which, you know, you mentioned the uh, the 10 hour coach journeys, you're not having any of them for the next few weeks. Is that kind of an opportunity for you guys to get to really expand the run and, and find your feet and, and get the, the points going into the new year? Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I think. Honestly, it's a, it's a cliche, but we're not looking too far ahead of the next game just because I think there's um, enough to to deal with, you know, with that. So we're we're looking one game at a time kind of. And um, obviously, you know, I think now the games really start to pick up and lead play here in December. There's quite a few. So it's it's a month where you think if, if you can get on a little bit of a roll as a team, you can end up in a pretty good spot and maybe – try to create some, some distance between some, some teams in the standings or give yourself a bit of that cushion, but, but we're not uh, satisfied with where we're at now. So we're going to keep putting the work in. I appreciate you mentioned that you're taking one game at a time, but I'm going to put you on the spot slightly. Um, kind of the final question for me at the moment, end goal for this season. Is it uh, another trip to the final four in Nottingham in the postseason? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, we've talked about how the playoff format works here and how once you get to that final four, it's, it's anyone's game. And, um, it's one weekend of hockey and, and whoever shows up that weekend, they could be leaving as champions. So you got to get there to, to have a chance. And that's the goal for now. Um, so definitely uh, qualify for the playoffs, make the final four and then see what happens. Spencer, we, we haven't Dryden Dow on as well. And uh, a player that is known to the league, he's really come on leaps and bounds season after season. What has he taught you about Dundee and how, what it's like to be a star because he really does seem to love this team. Yeah, for sure. He has been uh, just a huge part of our team so far. I mean, not only is he a great player and huge producer for us from the back end, but uh, being our captain and being a guy that has a great relationship with the fans and the ownership and the um, you know British players and also able to get along well with the imports. He, he's, he's really a cohesive guy and um, one that is very valuable to our team in a number of ways. So I think I can't uh, say enough about what he's meant to our success and our ability to kind of turn around um, those struggles in in the early part of the season. And, uh, you know, looking forward to continuing to play with him and and watching him work. Outside the rink, Spencer, what are you getting up to? What do you enjoy? I know Dundee's all, are you the golfer that every hockey player seems to be? Yeah, we've definitely gotten out for some golf. Uh, the weather now, I'm getting an introduction to the Scottish uh, Scottish weather here the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if we'll be golfing anytime soon, but um, definitely got out when, when we had a chance and 
you know, I've just tried to experience Scotland and, and the UK a little bit, um, Edinburgh and, and Glasgow and, um, you know, would like to get up north uh, at some point. Haven't had the chance to yet, but I've heard there's some some great stuff to see. And, uh, you know, right now it's kind of, like I said, the weather's not great. So just focusing on the hockey, I guess. And, and we got a busy stretch of games coming up. So um, I've had, had my mom over, having my dad over here soon and uh, being able to share with them is extra special. Brilliant. Just one more for me, because we've got Dryden coming on. If you can ask Dryden one question, what would it be? And we'll ask him and see how he responds. Hmm. I guess I'll, I would ask him, uh, for, I think he said he's been in Dundee for five years, and, and I would be interested in, in how far um, this organization has come in, in those five years and, and how it looks now compared to when he showed up. And, uh, you know, where he thinks um, this organization can can get to if if they can uh, you know join that kind of top uh, top group of teams in in this league year after year. What's well, a good question? I like that question, Spencer. For most two, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for your time. No, thank you for uh, for having me, and looking forward to seeing you around the ring. Joining us now is Dundee Stars captain Dryden Dow. Dryden, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. No, pleasure, pleasure. Before we get into the Dundee Stars, there was a career before Dundee, um, and it started out in a WHL. We'd not had a guest on that's played in a WHL. Talk to us about that uh, league, because I know it's a massive junior program that's part of the CHL, and how you ended up uh, at the Tri-City Americans. Yeah, no, uh, it's... It's quite a league, actually. It's definitely one of the, obviously, in the CHL there, so one of the top three junior leagues, I would say, in, in all of Canada or and the United States, I guess, too. So, so yeah, no, it was, it was quite an experience. Uh, you're a young 16-, 17-year-old kid moving away from home and uh, living with a brand-new family, basically. So, so it's, it's quite a interesting experience um when you're that young just um having almost a pro style or as close to a pro style experience as you can get and uh in that league you're playing 72 games in a season so so it's a pretty grueling schedule especially for a, a young kid just grueling grinding through those games so so yeah no it was a it was a really neat experience and then uh Going back to how I ended up in Tri City, I was actually undrafted. I was about five foot two, one hundred and twenty pounds when I was in my draft year. So, so I was just a little guy then. So, got overlooked in in my draft year as a fourteen year old, and then ended up playing pretty well through the uh, midget process. Or over here, it would be sixteens, and and was eventually listed there by Tri City, and then. I uh, wasn't actually expected to make the team and went in and had quite a good camp and they decided to sign me and then so be it. Then I ended up making the team there. And uh, my first year, it was, it was an interesting experience for me because I went from being a go-to guy with my junior program. My, uh, I played with the Calgary Buffalo. So I went from being a go-to guy there to um, ended up being mostly a healthy scratch my first season and, in junior actually in the WHL there. So, so at the Americans, I only ended up playing 30 out of 72 games. So, so only half the season. So it was, uh, it was quite, quite a 
come to moment where I realized how good some of the players were that I was playing with and the level I needed to get to. So, so yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of learning in my time in junior there in tri city. And, and I have a lot to be thankful for in that experience. And I mean, there were some definitely hard times too through all that, uh, being away from the family when you're that young, it, it can be a bit taxing on you and, and being away from all your friends, but no, definitely, definitely some great experiences and, and it definitely shaped me to be the player that I am today. So, yes, over the pond, you are you're made to be an adult quite quickly. And as you said, you I think you just turned seventeen when you eventually moved over there. Do you literally just turn up and get put with a family that have been a supportive? Is it that how it is, or do you? How does it work? It, it just blows my mind that you can just go and live with a different family. Yeah, no, it was uh it was a pretty crazy experience actually. So I showed up for a camp and and like I said, I wasn't really expecting to make it that first year. It was it was kind of a long game for me. So so I showed up to camp and I was staying in the hotel with my parents and then ended up signing and they just said, Oh, you're gonna meet your Bill family and move in with them the next day. So so I went over, met them, had dinner with them and then yeah, it was the next day they were uh I was moved in and living with them. I was uh, lucky I had a teammate with me, though, so I was living with one of the other guys. So so that helped a little bit to at least get acclimated into the situation. But, yeah, no, it was, it was quite the experience. And then they become they become like your second family, though. It was, it was quite easy. They'd had four or five guys before me, so so they knew the uh, they knew the roots of it all. And, and, yeah, they took me in and looked after me pretty good for the four years, so. John, could you imagine that happening over here? With it, just wouldn't work, would it, mate? I'm not, I'm not sure how to respond to that. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many people in this, in this country who can be trusted. To be fair, they get to <laughs> take a total stranger in. <laughs> it would definitely be a bit of a weird uh, situation for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, no, definitely, uh, definitely an interesting one. And I think they get a few added perks, like they got season tickets to the games, and uh, and they got a bit of a food allowance because. At that age, we're growing for the most part, so so we're eating quite a bit. So the team at least supplied them with a little bit of food allowance. But but yeah, no, it's it's the kindness out of those people's hearts, I guess, for the most part that that let us live there. And yeah, it's it's quite crazy looking back on it and thinking about it. You're just joining a random family, but yeah, no. <laughs> well, it's what develops these future NHLers, those those three leagues and the CHL, isn't it? A few players that played in that league that have played in the elite league, I know this was Adam Huseman, uh, Cruz Reddick, who was probably the, the original guys alongside yourself that yeah. joined the U Sports program at later date to get over here, which kind of, we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Justin Hamannick, who played for the, the Coventry Blaze. And there's one player that always interested us, and he played for Cardiff, uh, Jesse Maichan. He, yeah. what was he like? Because he looked such a a great player in this league. He got an unfortunate injury, and it was a shame that he couldn't continue his career in the elite league because he he was one hell of a player. Yeah, no, he uh, he was definitely a unique player, and he had a similar situation in Tri City with us actually, where where he uh, got his Achilles sliced actually, which was uh, quite crazy. So we were in a playoff game, and he got uh, stepped on. And, his Achilles sliced in his 19-year-old season, so second last season. So, but you know, I was fortunate enough to play with him for for two years there. It was my 19 and 20-year-old season. We we both stuck around as 20-year-olds. 
So, and yeah, he's just such a unique player. He's a big body, had a lot of skill, a lot of talent, and uh, and he knew how to put the puck in the net, and he wasn't afraid to mix it up either. He was he was willing always to go fight and stuff. So, so yeah, he was a definitely a unique player, and I think if he was able to stick it out here, he would have definitely been a fan for you by the end. 100%. Now, talk to us about the CIS uh, U-Sports uh, program. It's something very new to us in the last, 10 years I mean we we wouldn't have had a clue about it how does that program work because you end up doing five years at the University of Calgary which seems like a great spot as well yeah no it was uh it was a good move for me uh I wasn't ready at the time to go pro um I was still developing my game and I think that's actually where I developed my game the most was in U sport um and Really, it's a very underrated league. Um, it doesn't get the credit it deserves, and it's it's an interesting one because it's a lot of a lot of schools that like it just doesn't have the quality of fan support and stuff. So, so you're just not getting the recognition. You'll go play a game in front of 200 people or 150 people. So, and these are guys that are for the majority they all played in the WHL or. OHL or QMJHL so they're all major junior players that are that are just coming and they're guys that are good but just weren't good enough to make it straight into the AHL or the NHL or stuff like that so they're still willing to pursue their career while also getting an education and yeah like I said it was it was one of the better moves for me just um, you're able to really develop yourself as like an individual and also develop your skills because we only play two games on the weekend, so it was a similar schedule to the Elite League in that you're only playing two games a week. Sometimes in the Elite League you play three, but but you're usually only playing two games a week, so you have all week to train. You have time to like work on skills development and a bunch of different stuff. So so yeah, it was a it was a big process for me to actually developing skills and actually getting better and and. I had a great program there in Calgary. We were always very competitive. Uh, we usually ended up losing to U of A, which is the Cruz Radics and, and those guys. So so we usually ended up losing to them in the finals or semifinals. So so that was always tough. But, but yeah, no, we uh, we had a winning program and made it to nationals twice. So, so it was good to see that side and actually have that championship caliber where we were competing all the time and, and like I said, yeah, it just really, really motivated me and actually regained my love for the game in a lot in a lot of aspects because, as I said, junior, those 72 games, it can be a lot and it takes a lot out of you. And sometimes you just feel like you can't do it anymore. And then when you get back to the CIS and you're doing other stuff, you're uh, mixing school in with the hockey and stuff, you realize how much you enjoy the game and how much you love it and that it is your passion. So do you think that sort of route humbles you a little bit in the sense you said that you're playing in front of 200 people, you could get like, Oh, is this the route I want to go down? Does it give you like the impetus to actually strive to actually do as well as you can to then go pro? Cause with the, the NCAA route, it's kind of, they're in their own little bubble as bit. Someone treat it as the, the high end thing, but it's, then some say it's not the be all and end all. Do you feel like the U Sports route is a, a very advantageous route for you to become pro? Well, uh, yeah, definitely. I I thought it 
definitely inspires guys to to want to push for more. Like you see it now more and more all the time. All these U Sport guys they're they're actually signing over in Europe now, which I feel like it wasn't happening before. But um yeah, there's more and more guys that are coming straight from U Sport and I think it's just the motivation to that you're seeing out of the players that they want to do well in their hockey as well as their education. So so it's it's good and it definitely it's a bit different because obviously um when you play a major junior you're considered semi pro. So we technically weren't allowed to go to the NCAA afterwards. So you had to go the uh junior A route if you wanted to go to the NCAA. So so in that regards it would have been fun playing in front of the the 5000 crowds that they're getting in North Dakota and stuff like that like it would have been a great experience to go to the NCAA and have that experience. But, but yeah, no, it was not so much humbling, but definitely just brings you back down to earth playing in the U sport and, and gets you back to playing for the love of the game more than doing it for all the like recognition or anything like that. It's more just playing for the passion of the game again. So players you played with, um, in that team, yeah, Kevin King, who came across and lit it up in Milton Keynes, um, Mitch Cook, who's with the, the Blaze now, Dane Gibson, who was formerly with the Blaze, and a player that keeps rearing his head, Algon Pierce, um, yeah. who Algon, from speaking to Spencer, seems like uh, I know he left to go to Belfast during the season, but seems like he's a, a very influential guy. Yeah, no, uh, me and Elgin actually got on really well when we were at UFC there, and I was kind of the reason he originally came to Dundee in the first place. So, um, yeah, no, he uh, he was quite a player, actually. He had so much talent, and uh, I know that move to Belfast, it just ended up working out for him, that it was an opportunity for him to go to that team, and he played really well when he was there. I know he was having a bit of a harder time with us at the start of the year, just wasn't finding the game. He was getting the points, but just like the game wasn't where he wanted it. So, so moving to Belfast was a great opportunity for him. And yeah, no, he's, uh, he's definitely an interesting guy, but he's, he's a good friend. And um, yeah, he was nothing but class hockey player. And, and he, he's definitely been, been around. He's played AHL, East coast, you name it. He's, he's been there. So. Yeah. It's good to hear that because, you know, Things are kept hush hush, and and fans will just form of opinion. Are oh, we just buggered off to Belfast? And that's not always the case. But university finished, Dundee. How did that move come about? Um, it was actually it was quite quick. So I was um, talking to a few teams. I was talking to a team in France, um, and a couple of East Coast teams, and then. Omar ended up reaching out to me and it was through Kevin King actually. So I guess Kevin King suggested me towards him or whatever. So um reached out from him and and yeah, it was a very quick process. Uh for me I wanted to go to a place that was English speaking. That was kind of a big thing. Like um I had a couple of buddies going to the team that I was talking to in France, so it would have been all right, but um, yeah, I just wanted to feel a bit more comfortable and go to a country that was English speaking, just feel more at home. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really quick process just talking to Omar that first year and, 
and everything he had to say about how they were building the organization here and trying to trying to build it up as it was going it it just made a lot of sense and everything he said to me it just uh is what I wanted to be as a player he wanted to give me a chance to keep developing my offensive ability put me on power play stuff like that so so it just it made a lot of sense and I don't have an agent or anything, so I was doing it all by myself. So that was quite an interesting experience trying to trying to figure out all the signing and all that kind of stuff. So so it was quite the experience in that regards. But yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun and I don't regret it at all. So You mentioned coming to an English speaking country. Um as you know, Scotland speaks English in a very different way, so England. Uh, that must have been quite an introduction for you guys, you know, when you came over and uh, you were probably knew they speak in English, but not maybe sure what they're saying at times. It must have been quite confusing when you first arrived uh, because even the, the British people sometimes, we struggle to understand each other. You know, me being Welsh and them being Scottish, it can be yeah. tough sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, with regards to... Sorry, Dry Redden. No, all good. I was just going to say, I don't know if any of you know Kit Kat or anything, but he's got the most interesting dialect I've ever heard. So even now, I still struggle to understand that guy. So <laughs> yeah, we got a few buddies from Dundee in the group, and uh, luckily, most things are sent by a message rather than via sort of uh, voice notes. <laughs> Otherwise, there could be some sort of uh, miscommunication. Now, if we don't don't count COVID, because obviously COVID didn't allow players to do what they wanted to do for obvious reasons. Um, you're now in your fifth consecutive season in Dundee, if you take COVID out of it. What is it keeps bringing you back to that city? What is it that keeps bringing you back every season and having another year in, in Dundee? Because you clearly seem settled there. Um, what's the big draw that brings you back every year? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, there's always a comfort in the organization. You know the organization, so so there is that comfort there. But I think the biggest thing for me is, is I want to win something. In Dundee, like I just, I feel like my job isn't done here. Like I feel like we've had teams in the past that should have done better than they did, and and yeah, it's just it's a big motivating thing, and I think winning here, especially, would be incredibly special for for not only the club but for the community as a whole. So so I think. That's my biggest motivator is that I, I really want to bring some silverware back to Dundee and, and bring that winning attitude here. So, Yeah, that's gratitude. And you've kind of come close in being at the Final Four. You've obviously been knocking on the door of, of, of getting a trophy but not quite getting over the line. And I'm sure with the early exit of the Challenge Cup, it gives you more motivation in the league this year and, of course, the playoffs thereafter. Um, in terms of your numbers, you've obviously always been a fairly high-scoring D-man. Um, wherever you've played, you've got good numbers. Looking at your career, obviously in the past, this season, it's almost a point of game. You used to be on on, you know, on sort of uh, you're on course rather uh, for maybe points a game and your highest ever numbers. What have you done over the summer then to develop your game to the elevate even further? Because you're clearly doing a bit more already this year, even already two months into the season. Yeah, honestly. Uh... I just, I don't even know how to explain it. I do the off-season training that I've normally been doing. So, so it's, it's not like I went out of the way to do anything different or special this year. It's just, uh, coming into the year, I just immediately clicked with the system that we're using. And, 
and it's helped a lot. Uh, I've been playing with Craig Moore this year as a D partner and just, we immediately had a comfort together. So, so that was, uh, that was a nice start. And honestly, it was just the confidence thing. Like it's, I've always been kind of a streaky player in my career. So, uh, when you have that confidence and when it's, when it's going for you, it just, it seems to be clicking. And sometimes there's just no explanation. It's just, like I said, it's, it's a confidence thing right now. And, and I just hope it can continue, obviously, not only just for myself, but for the benefit of the team. So, yeah. And I guess the longer you've been at a club as well, you get to know the rank, you get to know the little sort of, intricacies of the game that it could you know, elevate your points just a little bit more you know where the bounce is going to come off the boards and you mentioned Craig Moore guy I loved a bit absolutely great guy and it's always amazed me he's never got that GB call up I know he's competing with a lot of other players in that position um, very good players to be fair he's had a few bad injuries over the years do you still see he's got a chance of maybe making the national team one day because he's such an underrated player and I, it just amazes me to this day that he never gets talked about as being in, you know, the conversation for the national team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I know he's been around for a long time, but he's still a young guy. He's only 28, 29. So, so he's still, he's not that old. There's still some game left in there for him. So um, I don't see why not, like why he couldn't be. And honestly, the uh, three years I played with Craig, I just, I see development every year. I, I feel like he gets better every time I play with him. And, and he just gets more confident and more composed. And, yeah, if, if this track continues, I don't see why a guy like that can't make a team. And, and there's even a guy like Chris Ingles. Um, he's in the same boat. He's, uh, he's a great Brit defenseman that's just increasing every single year. And, and I know both of them have had a bit of troubles with injury, but but – I mean, both of them have just kept improving, kept getting better every single year. And and honestly, I I don't see why guys like that don't have a shot. Like, you never count them out. And obviously, there's a bunch of good players, but, but you never know. So, Yeah. We had Chris on a few months back. Again, as you say, another great guy, a guy I've known for quite a long time. And he's, again, knocking on the door. I think in the past, maybe... Dundee British players particularly have maybe been overlooked because it's only only Dundee, this kind of almost kind of elitist maybe mentality that the league kind of has in terms of whether it be fans, management or whatever, it's only little Dundee. But I think the season you're having so far, that hopefully would be a bit of a thing of the past because you know, you you you're competing with obviously the big teams now. You're not this little team that can be effectively dismissed. Um and I think that okay, you had a bad start to your challenge cup. But by the same token, in the league for me, doing fantastic. What do you think has changed then over the last few weeks that you've gone from being a team that looked like it couldn't get a win? I'll be honest, I criticised Dundee start of the season. I think on the pod we all did. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I just thought, well, Dundee looking like a ninth, tenth place team again. And something has, has clicked within that organisation that now no one wants to play Dundee. You yeah. know, you're, you're beating teams that, you know, in theory, you shouldn't be beating. What is the main thing you think has changed to, to get those results going in your, 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 your way now? Well, I think uh, the big thing is we, we knew from the start we had we had a good team in this locker room. Like, we knew right away there is – we were a deep team. We had four lines that can play. Like, we've got guys mixed throughout the lineup. We've got 
British players like Craig Garrigan, Johnny McBean playing with imports. So, so we have four deep lines, so we can play play every line all game basically. So, so we were pretty excited going into the year, and then it's it's kind of unexplainable what happened during the Challenge Cup, like. We just couldn't put it together, and I think it just took a while for us to build that chemistry. And we did a few line changes and things like that, and, and the chemistry seems to have gotten a lot better between our lines. So, so that was a that was a big thing for us. I think it was just finding finding who worked with each other. It just took a little bit more time, and and now that we've got going, um, like you said, I I feel like we're a team that is going to compete every single night. We're at least we're going to be in every single game. And, and that's the big thing for us is we don't see ourselves as a team that can be pushed over. We're going to be in every single game and, and compete with big teams. I think that's right. And I think as a fan looking outside, looking into what you're doing, you, you really are you're a team that's now can be with everybody. You've kind of answered a little bit of my next question um, inadvertently, but what was it to say, you know, being captain and very much in the veteran I guess, stage of your career in terms of you've been around for a long time playing the game. Who are the guys for us to look out for then? Because obviously I'm sure you've spent a lot of time with younger guys in the organisation, passing on that knowledge and just doing what hockey players do. Who should we be looking out for then over the next two or three seasons that you think that could maybe make the breakthrough into the league that maybe names you're not already familiar with at the moment? Yeah, no, obviously uh, I mentioned, like, I think all of our Brits, in all honesty, are, are guys that are kind of underrated and I think they're guys that are going to make a huge jump and, and Johnny, Johnny McBean, he's a young kid and and you just see his game improving every single day, basically like he's learning the game and from different coaches, he's already got the experience from Jeff. And then now with Mark, he's getting, getting new and different coaching. So, so he's learning quite a lot for a young kid and, and it's good to see because you just see his game improve every single day. So, so a guy like Johnny and then Craig Garrigan, he's just he's a battle axe out there. He blocks everything. He works works his butt off every single night. So, so you always got to watch out for those guys. And and yeah, I just think all our Brits in general they're just underrated in the league, and they have a lot of talent, and there's a lot to show. So, absolutely. Someone being against Sheffield, I think maybe two weeks ago, dangling. I was like, go on, kid, you know, he was dangling up against the impulse. Talk about having uh, having confidence. One thing we did hear um, from one of our previous Dundee guests, I'm not sure if it's true or not, I believe you spent the whole summer in Dundee, uh, your, yeah. your wife and yourself, is that right? Does that mean that Scotland is your, your home going forward then? Is you've found a place you're going to be settled in maybe beyond your career? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely uh, comfortable here now. We've got a house and two dogs, so me and me and my wife, we – we live here full time now, so yeah, we uh, we're pretty settled in in Dundee right now, and in Scotland, so so I love it here. Actually, it's it's gorgeous. Reminds me a lot of home. Just like the people, they're all friendly. Everything. It's a it's a real community here. So so yeah, it's it's been an easy transition for me, and and very happy here right now. So yeah, and your dogs would be the best we've had on the pod so far. To be fair, that people listening won't see the dog. We've had a nice sort of <laughs> few visits during the chat already in the beautiful dog. One last thing before Scott goes back into the conversation. You've played obviously a long time now. Um, without making you say the wrong thing, if there's one thing you could change within the Elite League, anything, if you had the power to do so, what would you change? 
Oh, that's that's a tough one. Um, yeah, no, honestly, how they uh, how they format the league is is just so different from what I was used to growing up, and and that's one thing that I I do miss. And I wouldn't even say it needs to be changed, but I do miss the uh, playoff format back in North America of having a series and having a proper battle with the team because we do the aggregate over here and it is a proper battle for two games. But but when you get into that series and you have a five-game matchup against the team, it gets pretty fiery. So so I do do miss that aspect of it. So if there's anything – I'd love is to have a, a couple series at the end of the year and playoffs instead. But, but obviously, uh, yeah, no, I, the format of the league and, and the challenge cup, it's, it's so unique to here and it's, it's quite special. So it would be tough to change, but. We all want the challenge cup to change. That will, we will <laughs> it's a, it's a bugbear of ours. Dryden, I just want to go back to um, the, the COVID year and it ending and, it was announced that you actually had signed the Coventry Blaze, which I was personally quite happy about. Was that just the case of the circumstance of next year we might have a league? Danny was probably pestering you. Um, how did that come about? And I'm still quite good you didn't come in the end, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it was obviously an odd time. And I, I had been talking to quite a few teams at that time and, and just wasn't really sure what was going on. And then uh, um, had a few things fall through in other mainland Europe. And I just knew at the time I I like wanted to stay over in Europe somewhere and definitely wanted to keep playing over here. I, I wanted to avoid North America as much as possible. I just, I really enjoy the life over in Europe and just wanted to keep playing hockey over here. So um but yeah, I had a few things fall through due to COVID and then ended up talking to Danny and he was, seemed like a really good guy, um, liked what he had to say. And it sounded as if at the time the English teams might be going, but it sounded like other teams might not. So yeah, it was a bit of pestering, a bit of stuff and ended up signing there. But, but yeah, no, uh, Obviously, season didn't go through and then signed back in North America and moved over to Slovakia halfway through that season. So, but that was, yeah, that was the COVID year. It was a interesting experience to say the least. So, yeah. Swanee t- tells me, look, Scott, if COVID didn't happen, he's never signed in Coventry. So move on. So I, I understand, but you did sign in Slovakia yeah. and talk to us about that experience and you won a championship. Yeah, no, that was uh that was quite the neat experience. So uh obviously went over to North America there, played with Wheeling for about a month and it just didn't work out there. So um then got the opportunity to sign sign over in Slovakia. Brett Stoven ended up signing on the team before I've me. Seen and, that, yeah. Yeah, and he reached out and uh asked if I would be interested. So so it made it easier going to to a place where I at least knew somebody going in. So, so that helped. And then went over there and, and the regulations in Slovakia were pretty tight at the time. I think we had eight o'clock curfew and all that. So, so it was definitely not the normal experience I think you'd have going, going over there, but, but yeah, no, uh, 
went into the team and we had a strong team and just everything, everything clicked for us. And by the end of the year, we were flying there and uh, we ended up playing the uh, league leaders in the final series. And they'd only lost, I think, three games all year. So they were running through the table at that point and we ended up beating them in five games. So yeah, it was, it was quite an exciting experience. And again, I, I wish it wasn't in COVID times because it would have been a lot more special having fans there to celebrate the win and everything. But, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a interesting experience and, and was great to be able to come out a champion again. So yeah, a championship's a championship, and you, you can't take that feeling away from anyone. Um, just one more for me on the, the front. You've obviously had Omar, Jeff last year, and Mark LeFabe. Mark LeFabe's uh, a character, shall we say. You're his captain. Talk to us about Mark. What's he like? Because um, I've had my opinion on, of him being the Blaze coach in the past. I sometimes watch his interviews and go, all right, you Mr. Arrogant. Like he, he he has that persona about him. But what's Mark like day to day for you? Yeah, no, honestly, uh going in I didn't know what to expect and it's it's been nothing but great so far. Um he's honestly very compassionate with the guys. He's got an open open door policy, so willing to talk to you about anything, check in with you day to day. Just just a really down to earth guy, which Sometimes you probably wouldn't expect, but that's just who he is. And I mean, he expects a lot out of you and he is demanding, but, but it's what you'd want in a coach. You, you don't want someone to baby you and let you do your thing. Like you expect someone that's, that's pushing you to be the best, best of your ability kind of thing. So, so yeah, I have nothing but great things to say so far about Mark and, and yeah, it's been a good experience so far. So, And then the season the plan is obviously the final four. How, what's, I don't, you're not going to put a, a league status on it, but how do you see the season panning out for the Dundee Stars for the rest of the year? Yeah, no, it's like we said, going into the year, our goal is to, to win a trophy. So, so the hope is that by the end, we're, we're right there still competing in, in the top, in the top of the table. Uh, we've got off to a good start, but obviously the league is so tight right now. I think there's, three points separating fourth from ninth right now or 10th. So, so it's, there's a lot of parity in this league this year. So I think throughout the year, it's going to be close. So I think anyone has a real chance to, to come home and take the crown. So I, I, yeah, I just think for us, we, we want to keep pushing and striving to be top of the league for, for the most part. And then we bring a trophy back to Dundee. So. One last one for myself. Not a question we typically ask on the pod, but as you've been around for about five or six, well, five years, I believe now, isn't it? Which player in the league um, do you least like playing against? Who gives you the most nightmares? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say Ben Lake. I've played against him so much now. I play against him in the Challenge Cup, everything. So I guess he would have been in Coventry my first year or two. So, yeah. but. But yeah, no, that guy plays a hard nosed game for for his size, especially. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Plays a hard game, and he's got a lot of skill. So yeah, I'd say he's definitely up there as one of the top. 
doesn't make sense because everyone knows that Dundee and Belfast play about 95 times a season, to be fair, don't they? So uh, <laughs> if you play somebody, it sounds like he's the one guy you're bound to. Uh, to find- Dryden Spencer asked the question about the progress of the Dundee Stars in the last five years. And then he asked, where can the Dundee Stars go in the next five years? What, what's your reply? Um, I think the the biggest thing for me that I've noticed has changed just the um, the culture and the attitude of winning around here. So um, not to say that winning has not always been important, but before it felt like you were just happy to win games where now we're at a point where we almost expect to win games. So we uh, we made that a big demand at the start of the year. We, uh, we really told ourselves that we need to be confident in our abilities and expect to win every game. And, Obviously, it's not reasonable to think you're going to win all 54 games. Like, it's just not really physically possible. But, but as long as you're going into that game expecting to compete and have a chance every single night, you're going to get your best results. So, I think that is one of the biggest changes I've noticed over the time is just like the culture around the team of wanting to push for being the top of the league in the season, let alone whatever it's it's been a big change and has helped us a lot so brilliant brilliant um Dryden just uh I'm a bit of a geek I like me stats and facts are you aware that you are the only Dryden on elitely elite prospects for your spelling um I'm not surprised by that (laughs) but definitely not surprised my mom took the E out of the name for some unknown reason so she just liked the looks of it better so so not surprised, but yeah, was unaware. <laughs> Unique stat. Dryden from the podcast, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And we wish you well for the rest of the year. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.